Welcome back to Your Best Year Starts Here. And we ended the last episode by talking about culture. And I, th- I think we could actually go quite deep and go into a whole bunch of different areas on this that could go way over our normal 12 minutes, but I have set the timer. So let's try and do culture in, in 12 minutes or less. So I have, a, I have two friends who talk a lot about something called UGRs, which is Unwritten Ground Rules. And Steve Simpson and Steph Duplessis from South Africa and Australia came up with this concept. But it really came about where I always have spoken about ground rules. You know, what are the ground rules to your life? What are the people you associate yourself with? But they came up with this concept about stuff that happens in organisations mm-hmm. that isn't really said, but it becomes acceptable practice. So being late becomes acceptable, even though we say there are certain things to do. Um, it's acceptable here not to follow through on minutes of a meeting. And that becomes the culture of the organisation. So, you know, for me, for ground rules, I don't have many ground rules for my own life, but there are many unwritten ground rules. So people know things that can't be done, but no one's actually said what they are. So when you have a new trainee that comes into a business, they look around the organisation to see what's going on. And if you live in a culture of fear and you live in a culture of blame and you live in a culture of religion oppression and you live in a culture of sexism and all the rest, you you have this fear that you can't express yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you live in a culture where anything's a possibility and you you were speaking about your daughter, I spoke about my kids, that, you know, will support them whatever they do. The culture they grow up in gives them the freedom to express themselves. But in organisations, and people who are listening to this podcast will know that we live in a blame culture. We live in an expectation economy where we just have this expectation. And this culture comes from behaviours and beliefs from the people we associate ourselves with. Yep. The question is, do you ever share with people this is not acceptable behaviour? Yep. So, you know, I am beginning, you know, I'm 57 this year. And I'm making certain decisions about people I don't want to associate myself with, people I don't want to go out to dinner with, things that are not acceptable to me, instead of going through that and suffering and then coming home from a dinner thinking, this just wasn't right for me. Because the culture, it didn't feel right. And we've spoken about that feeling from your gut. Yeah. But sometimes the culture and acceptance of what we do doesn't work for me. It doesn't mean it's not right for you. But, you know, if I want to share with you about what works and what doesn't work and we don't ever change, that becomes an acceptable culture. Yeah. So, you know, whatever your religious beliefs, if the belief is if you're nice to each other, that's a great place to start. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. I I want to pick up on the words you used about un what was it unwritten unwritten ground rules unwritten ground rules UGRs I, I I actually think we have those in every area of our life um there are certain things where we'll let those rules get kind of bent or pushed slightly and there are other things where you know they're non-negotiable for us so that's called a ground rule but but I think even a ground rule that's not even let me rephrase that even the non negotiable ground rules sometimes are still unwritten as in people don't know they're there until they breach them right 
Okay, but that's because they weren't explained on day one. So when we have a mission statement or we have a purpose or we have values, etc., if you had a company culture and your statement said, at our organisation, we love each other, we respect each other, and you cannot do this, and that's the ground rule, then you know where you stand. And yeah. I always talk about ground rules on building sites. Yeah. So there's three main ground rules on a building site. High visibility jacket, you've got your steel cap shoes, and you have to wear a hard helmet. Yeah. Everybody knows those three ground rules exist. You can wear Superman underpants. Yeah. You can wear Superman underpants over your overalls, but, but yeah. But, but, you, but you have to, and everyone knows on every building site, they're the three ground rules. Yeah. If you break one of those three ground rules, you are physically thrown off site. It's not even up for debate. So what ground rules and what culture do you want your family to live by? Uh, people know that, you know, Friday night dinners are very special to me. And people are coming to my house. One of our ground rules are no mobile phones at the table mm -hmm. from Sabbath candles till dessert. It's not that complicated. Yep. It is amazing how people try and bend it by saying, I just need to show you something. I said, you can't now. On a Thursday night, if you want to show me, you can. Yep. On a Wednesday night. But on a Friday night, that's the ground rule. Yep. It's very clear. And kids all know when they come to us, Uncle Nigel's quite strict on this. You've got to put your phone away. That's the ground rule. That's the one of the culture that I live in in my own home. Yeah. For one day a week. And our dinner, by the way, doesn't last very long. It's about 26 minutes as fast as we eat. I was going to say, at best, it's an hour or two, right? It's definitely never that long. <laughs> I'm hungry and I need to get to my ice cream. And if you've heard about that stuff, ice cream is going to be there. I mean, people are getting their phones out. But it's about the, the world we live in and the culture we live in. And it's up to us that we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. And that's probably the best phrase that I learned 15, 16 years ago, that if you don't set the ground rules with people, they'll constantly tell you their ground rules. Yeah. You get what you tolerate is the other way I've heard it put, you know. It's like what, you know, whatever you're prepared to tolerate from other people, that's what you're going to get. And if you say, actually, like, this isn't acceptable behaviour to me, or I'm not comfortable with this, or I don't, I don't like living like this, working like this, whatever the situation is, whether it's at home or it's in the office or wherever it happens to be, the more, you, the more specific you can be about where your boundaries are, the more other people will respect those boundaries. But if they don't know you've got them... But, uh, but that's the whole point. So everyone who's listening to this podcast, think about how many ground rules you have in your office for the way you want to be treated... And whether it's appointments or whether it's about meetings. So when I used to coach people, my meetings would start. No, let's go back. Let's go back a step. For 17 years until I was ill, I ran a session virtually every six weeks for the unemployed. Mm -hmm. And my session started at 9.59 and 59 seconds. Bit like these podcasts. Well, well <laughs> yeah, but, but there's the whole point. But they were told in advance that Nigel will close the doors at 9.59.59. And if you're not there, you won't come in. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to say they didn't have anywhere else to go because they were unemployed. And I'm not going to say they were told four times and why wouldn't they be? And it was free. And the list went on. But they were told a lot of times to be there at quarter to ten. That yeah. was my ground rule. Yeah. And there were many times people would turn up and you'd hear, but I was only a few minutes late. And I'd say, here was the ground rule. Yeah. 
our particular ground rule for you and I, and I'm being really serious, is that I know you've made a massive effort to come 17,000 miles to get to me, <laughs> and you've got to come on the M4 and the M25, and, and, and I accept because it's not a ground rule. Seriously, if it was a ground rule and my time was limited, and I said, you know, if you're not here by 10, we're not going to be doing any of the podcast, and we broke it, after the second time I break it, that then becomes an acceptable rule. That then becomes an unwritten ground rule. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. The question is, you teach people how you want to be treated. Yeah, totally, totally. I think the other thing as well, if we take it into the workplace, if we're talking about ground rules versus unwritten ground rules... How good is your induction process? How good is your onboarding to make sure people actually understand all this stuff? Because, you know, especially in smaller businesses, very often you'll see somebody will start and it's just kind of expected that they'll pick everything up. But if you've got things you're very, very specific on, communicate them up front. Well, that's why I tell people the induction must be done by the CEO. Now, it's really interesting when I say that people go, well, I have other people that do that. I said, well, then they need to understand your beliefs. They need to understand, especially if you're the founder of the business, why this stuff is so important. And when you interview people, it's about interviewing them based on culture, beliefs, and can they match some of the things yeah. that you want? I mean, you want a diverse group of people who are going to bring different energy in. Yeah. But fundamentally, if they don't understand your ground rules, you shouldn't be employing them. Yeah, it's interesting. I worked for a company quite a long time ago now, a small, smallish family owned business based near Gatwick Airport. Okay. And my first day working for them, you know, I'd made an effort. I'd put a nice suit on. I'd got in my car. I'd driven down to their office, all that kind of stuff. And one of the things that kind of sold their business to me as a place I wanted to work was the kind of family feel that I'd been told it had. Okay. So that's what I'm expecting when I turn up. And there's two brothers that essentially run the business. And one of them was on holiday on my first day. Perfectly reasonable thing to have happen. The bit that surprised me in a really positive way was within, I think, probably 10 minutes of me being in the office, there was a phone, put through, a phone call put through to the, the uh, meeting room, the conference room, for me, from the director that was on holiday calling me from his vacation to welcome, to welcome me to the yeah. company and basically saying, I'm so sorry, you know, if it had been any other day, I would absolutely be there, but I'm halfway through a two-week, three-week holiday. And here's the question, holiday. how did you instantly feel? So much better. Okay, feel loved? Yeah, feel exactly. It's, it's like this company actually... Cares. They care, yeah. that They actually care about the people they've got working for them and making sure you know that they want you to be there. And I got that instant feeling like straight away. Now, I'm not saying everything about working there was like 100% perfect because it's not going to be anywhere. But that immediate warm feeling of I've made the right choice by accepting this role, you know, it was there because of that phone call, not because of the laptop that was waiting for me or the mobile phone or the, you know, none of the, none of the tangible stuff. Yes, that was all nice too, but that was almost a given. This was something that was over and above because it's not, you know, it's not what happens in most situations when you start a new role working for someone. Normally, if someone's on holiday, you know, they say hello when they come back. But here's the point. If one of the ground rules are when any new member of staff joins, the culture we have is they need to be felt, they, they need to feel most welcome. What's also interesting, that when a new member of staff joins, and I'm glad I'm sharing this for everyone who's listening now, when a new person joins your firm... 
they have taken more risk than you have because they have given up the security of where they are and what they know to take a leap of faith into a company who are not going to get paid for another month. Yep. So they're coming into an environment they don't really know. They've left the security of where they are. And especially if they've worked for a very large organisation and they've gone to a smaller boutique, whether it's an estate agency, it's an accounting practice or whatever it is, and now they're working for a small group, they're hoping they're going to get paid at the end of the month. Yep. Instead, what happens is we don't trust the new member of staff until they've proved themselves. It should be the <laughs> other way around. We should be trusting them 100% because they have taken the biggest leap of faith. And more importantly, they are joining our culture. We've interviewed them. We want them to be part of the family. And it is a family, and we spoke about this on the last podcast. We're going to be spending eight to nine hours with these people we better make sure it's a culture of love, not yeah. a culture of fear. And it's, it's interesting you give that example because that is the exact situation I was in. I went from a FTSE 100 company, so large corporate, you know, into this small family-run business. And part of it for me, actually, was the big corporate I was in. You didn't really feel loved. You were a number on a spreadsheet, you know. Um, and but- there were hundreds of unwritten ground rules that nobody quite knew why we were doing what we were doing. Exactly. And then you joined a small firm that made you feel special. Exactly, exactly. But the fact that they made that effort on day one is what made the difference. So I think you know, the, the big thing I'll kind of want to leave people with at the end of this episode is you know, whether it's day one or it's just today, today is always day one for the future, right? So what's the thing you can do today on this day one to make the people that work with you, work for you, feel love, feel special. And it, it doesn't have to be a financial thing. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But one of the little things you can do to acknowledge someone that actually shows them that, you know, you appreciate them and you want them in your team. And just quickly before, I see you're getting ready to speak. Just before you do, you know, I, I don't know if it was earlier this episode or if it was on the last one, but you said about working with me and, you know, the only person you can love right now is me because I'm the only person in the room. Well, the Feelings mutual, and everyone knows about. Oh, stop it! Stop it. Everyone knows about our bromance already, anyway. But you know, it's um, it, it's working with awesome people and, and letting them know that you appreciate them, and that's that to me is. I think that's actually worth more than the financial rewards and everything else. Yes, we need all of those, but they're not the things that excite us and make us feel good. I was going to finish with that when you have a great culture and you have great ground rules. If it's not a ground rule, it gives you the flexibility to do whatever you need to do. So let's go out there, do some weird stuff, colour outside the box, you know, find some crayons, colour outside the lines, have some fun, and know that there's a chance of success. And perhaps you'll colour in maybe our scores or on our podcast and give us some feedback and tell us how we're doing. And you'll acknowledge some other people, tell them how they're doing and what a great job they're doing. And we'll see you next week. Awesome.